Welcome back to the show. Today we're discussing the fight for freedom of conscience, association, and religion in Canada with lawyer John Carpe from the Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedoms. The Justice Centre has grown quite rapidly because the freedoms of expression and religion and conscience and association are often coming under attack. You've got about 12 active cases right now, is that correct? Yes, a Canada Summer Jobs attestation had to tick off a box saying that you agree with Justin Trudeau's beliefs about abortion. We took that to court. A Baptist couple, pastor and his wife, have a heart for adopting kids. The agency says that because they believe in the Bible, they're not fit to adopt children. We had a similar case in Alberta, actually, where the government did back down. We have taken the city of New Westminster to court over their violation of religious freedom and they're departing from the government's duty to be neutral. So these are very v vigorous or vicious attacks against religious freedom and they have to be fought because if you don't fight these, if you cave, cave in and roll over, uh, things just get worse and worse. Prime Minister John Diefenbaker spoke these words, I am Canadian, free to speak without fear, free to worship in my own way, free to stand for what I think is right free to oppose what I believe is wrong, or free to choose those who shall govern my country. This is the heritage of freedom that I pledge to uphold for myself and all mankind. Powerful. And I think we would all agree that these values are worth both proclaiming and defending. The good news is that the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms does just this. It states that freedom of conscience, religion, thought, belief, expression, freedom of the press, peaceful assembly, and freedom of association are all fundamental Canadian rights protected by law. In spite of this, many Canadians have found themselves in a battle for these very rights. Here are a few examples. An Ontario couple being denied the ability to foster because of their Christian beliefs. Doctors expected to participate in practices via effective referral that they are morally opposed to, such as assisted suicide and abortion. Pro-life clubs and events being shut down on university campuses. And a member of parliament, Rachel Harder, being voted down as chair of the Status of Women Parliamentary Committee because of her personal beliefs on the issue of life. A church youth group event scheduled to take place at a municipally owned Venue in BC cancelled because one of the speakers was an advocate for parental rights related to sex curriculum. A Hamilton-based father being told that he did not have the right to remove his child from classes that contradicted his moral beliefs. And Alberta parents being told that they are not allowed to know when their children are attending gay-straight alliance clubs. The list goes on. That is why the work of our guest today is so relevant. John Carpe has been with us before and we have him back in studio today. He's an accomplished lawyer and the founder and president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, an organization committed to defending the constitutional freedoms of Canadians through litigation and education. Strap on your seatbelts. This is going to be an interesting conversation for anyone who values their freedoms in Canada. So let's get to it. John Carpe, it is such a privilege to have you back in studio with us today. You have been working hard for Canadians uh, to protect freedom in our nation. So uh, give us a quick synopsis of the Justice Centre and what's been happening in the last few years in terms of the growth and success. Well, the Justice Centre was started uh, eight years ago because the freedoms of expression and religion and conscience and association are often coming under attack by 
federal government, uh, Canada Summer Jobs attestation, you know, where you had to tick off a box saying that you agree with Justin Trudeau's beliefs about abortion just to have access to a, a government program. Uh, we took that to court. Provincial governments, municipal governments. Uh, so the Justice Centre has grown quite rapidly. Uh, we're only eight years old, but I have uh, three full-time staff lawyers, two part-time staff lawyers, communication staff, admin staff, and uh, we, we've got cases on the go from uh, British Columbia to Newfoundland. Wow. It started just with you. And I, I'm just, I'm stunned by the amount of growth, growth, excuse me, and how swiftly. I think it just speaks to the need uh, to fight for freedom in our nation. So let's talk about some of the cases. You've got about 12 active cases right now, is that correct? Yes. And what are some, what are some of the cases that you're working on right now? Well, this one in Ontario where the uh, Muskoka Child and Family Services is uh, denying, uh, there's a, a Baptist couple, pastor and his wife, uh, have a heart for adopting kids. They went through the application process and they passed everything with fine colors that they're, you know, stable and have a good relationship and would be good adoptive parents, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the agency says that because they believe in the Bible uh, and because they accept Bible's teachings about gender and sexuality and, and, uh, and marriage and so on, they're not fit to adopt children because of their evangelical Christian beliefs about sexuality. So we've sent a warning letter and uh, thus far uh, not making a difference, so it, it may end up going to court. So that's an example. We had a similar case in Alberta, actually, where the government did back down. Uh, that also, the couple in Edmonton, uh, evangelical Christians, were found to be, would be fantastic adoptive parents. You know, they went through all the different screening process and interviews and applications and whatnot. And just because of their beliefs about sexuality, we're told that they could not be loving parents for a child that was same-sex attracted. So these are very v vigorous or vicious attacks against religious freedom, and they have to be fought because if you don't fight these, and if you cave, cave in and roll over, uh, things just get worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And the tragedy of that whole thing is we right now have about 40,000, I believe, adoptable children in the foster care system. So basically they're saying, listen, you can remain in a situation where you don't have a mom, you don't have a dad, because that's better for you than this loving family that doesn't agree with the state on sexuality. The other factor is that oftentimes it's people of faith who are disproportionately stepping up to the plate to adopt kids. Obviously there's lots of non-Christians that also do that, but in, in terms of the you know, the numbers, the percentages, it's if you um, basically put the faith community out of the picture for adoptions, you have far fewer adoptive parents that are going to be uh, available to provide loving homes to, uh, to kids. Right. So that's a Muskoka case in Ontario. Uh, what are some other cases that you're working on right now? Well, in British Columbia, there was a um, church in uh, New Westminster, city of New Westminster, they had uh, rented out a city facility for a youth conference called LGBT, Let God Be True. And it was a youth conference uh, with a focus on issues of sexuality and you know, pornography addiction and other uh, issues that are of importance to youth. One of the speakers that was invited to be part of the conference was a woman by the name of Carrie Simpson, who is quite well known in BC for opposing this mandatory uh, sex ed curriculum that's being imposed on schools and when the city got wind of this they actually cancelled the contract and said that uh, Carrie Simpson was promoting hatred and violence and racism which is 
ridiculous. I mean, to have a, a Christian or, for that matter, a Muslim or Orthodox... How would they say she's promoting violence? That's pretty extreme. This is this is where we're at. This is why we have to fight back. This is where we're at in society. If if you stand up for uh, traditional religious morality, or if I disagree with you on any point, I am now somehow inciting violence against you, like that. People throw out these accusations way too easily. Right. You know, it's one thing if people are doing it on Twitter. Okay, that's bad, but you know, you. The it's municipal private, government. <laughs> but this is a government agency right. that is right. saying that because Carrie Simpson. Uh, articulates uh, traditional religious morality, uh, sexual morality, be because of those beliefs that she is promoting racism and violence and hatred. Hmm. So uh, we have taken the uh, city of New Westminster to court over their, not just their breach of contract, but their violation of religious freedom and their departing from the government's neutrality to be, government's duty to be neutral. Uh, government cannot be for or against particular uh, religious or philosophical beliefs. Wow, and where is this one at in its stage? Uh, we have filed the uh, court papers and uh, the next process will be to, to file the affidavits and have cross-examinations on affidavits. Okay. Well, one of the cases that has caused a lot of alarm, and we've talked about it before with you on the show, is what's happening in Alberta with Christian schools being told that they can't quote Bible verses and their anti-bullying policy, some of their other policies. So right now what we're going to do, John, is we're going to throw to a clip yes. and uh, we're where someone's actually unpacking this. And then I want to come back and talk about where exactly Alberta is at on freedom issues. So let's watch that clip right now. Secrecy is dangerous. Mm -hmm. When you have secrecy, you have a greater chance of kids getting sexually abused, even by an older child. So you could have a grade 12 and a grade 6 in the, in the same club. Parents are just completely kept in the dark. Through The Faye Teen Show, we're tackling issues influencing our nation's future, like freedom of conscience, racism, poverty, the debt, human trafficking, abortion, democracy, and much more. If you missed a show, you can watch anytime at Fateen.tv or on YouTube. We hope to see you there. We love Canada, and we want to see it strong for generations to come. That's why we do this show. We can't do it alone. We need your help. Unlike commercial TV, this program is 100% donor-funded. If you'd like to see more episodes produced on important issues for our nation, please consider signing up to be a monthly partner or giving a special gift today. Every gift makes a real difference, and all gifts are tax-deductible. Together, we can build a better Canada for the future. Visit Fateen.tv or call 613-552-5572 to donate today. Imagine dropping off your K-12 child at a door. You wouldn't be allowed in. You wouldn't know who would be taking care of your child or what they would be learning about or doing. Would you be okay with that? Right now in Alberta, parents across the province are being shut out of certain aspects of their children's education. Yet most parents have no idea. On April 3rd, the Minister of Education sent a message to all school boards that parents must not be informed of their child's involvement in a gay-straight alliance. In doing so, Alberta's Ministry of Education has brazenly trampled on the rights of parents to be informed and consulted regarding the education of their own children. Rights entrenched in provincial law, Canadian constitutional law, 
and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So how are they getting away with it? It's been said that governments never strip citizens of fundamental freedoms without pointing to a good cause as the justification. In this case, the government has justified unprecedented secrecy through claims that informing parents means, quote, outing children. Logically, it doesn't even make sense. The very premise of these clubs is to bring together K-12 students who identify as LGBT alongside students who don't, hence the name Gay Straight Alliance. Simply informing parents of a child's participation in a GSA does not out them in any way. Students could be attending as allies to support others, not necessarily because they personally identify as an LGBT student. But what if a child actually was attending a GSA because they were struggling with their gender and sexuality? Is a child more endangered if parents know, or more endangered if parents don't know? Think about it. Experts point to research stating that LGBT youth face a 30 to 40% risk of suicide attempts. If your child, for any other reason, was at a 30 to 40% risk of death, wouldn't you want to know so that you could help? Or would you be content allowing the school to offer support in complete isolation, as per the Minister of Education's instructions, based on the assumption that you are not a caring, loving parent, but a threat to your own child? Furthermore, what about the fact that the provincial GSA experts knowingly directed K-12 children to community supports, offering links to sex toys, images of naked people participating in sexual acts, and advice to pay for porn? Are these really the kind of individuals who deserve private time with your kids, counseling them about struggles with sexuality? You see, when you actually stop and think about it, simply informing parents of a child's participation in a club is not really the greatest threat to a child's safety. The real danger is the unprecedented secrecy being enforced by our Ministry of Education and the fact that experts who directed students to graphic sexual material are still being entrusted with the care of children in Alberta schools. If you think it's dangerous to drop off kids at a place where you aren't allowed in and where you will not be told who or what your child will be exposed to, then why would you ever allow the government to shut you out of your child's life at school when you have every legal right to know what's going on? It is time to prioritize safety, not secrets. For Parents for Choice in Education, I'm Teresa Ng. Wow, alarming. <laughs> so give us an update on what's happening in Alberta with all this. Well, that, that video clip with Teresa Eng basically explains in a nutshell what the court action is about. We've taken this law to court. It's a terrible law that gives access to, uh, gives activists access to children without parents knowing. It allows kids to be exposed to pornography. Uh, parents are not allowed to know who is speaking at these clubs, what's going on, who their kids are associating with. Secrecy is dangerous. Mm -hmm. When you have secrecy, you have a greater chance of kids getting sexually abused. Not necessarily by an adult, but even by an older child. Uh, there's no restrictions on the age differential in GSA. So you could have a grade 12 and a grade 6 in the, in the same club. There's no... Uh, parents are just completely kept in the dark. Mm -hmm. So this was before the Alberta Court of Appeal. Uh, we argued the case on uh, December 3rd, uh, 2018, and now we're awaiting a decision 
on whether we can get an interim injunction that would put this terrible legislation on hold pending uh, kind of the main hearing. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, as of the filming of this show anyway, Alberta is just on the doorstep of an election. So I'm assuming that parents are making this an issue. Am I correct in that? The more parents find out about the law, the more that, that they are. And uh, I encourage parents to ask candidates uh, directly. Uh, you, you can't necessarily trust the parties per se. The parties certainly have different stances, mm -hmm. but ask the candidates that are running in your riding, mm -hmm. well, where do you stand on, on this? Do you think it's okay to keep secrets from parents? Uh, do you support uh, this law? And, uh, and that's really the issue is parental rights and this, this secrecy thing. I read an article, I'm wondering if you can verify if it's true, that said that there was actually a case where a child was taken without consen consent off uh, campus property uh, to an activist's home. It was actually, a, it wasn't even an official teacher, it was somebody who was just representing a community organization, uh, you know, to learn about sexual things. Is this true? Yeah. We have evidence before the court as well of a 15-year-old who was uh, encouraged by the GSA leader who was a, a teacher or other school staff to take a day away from school and attend this GSA conference. And he said, I don't think my mom would take kindly to me uh, missing a day of school to go to a GSA conference. And they said, don't worry, she'll never find out. She'll never know. You won't tell her. We won't tell her. And so he went to this conference and... Um, you know, they showed the kids how to put a condom on a banana and uh, gave them all kinds of uh, information, including a booklet. Gave him dozens of condoms on his way at the end of the day and, and a booklet showing step-by-step -step, uh, full-color drawings of men engaging in sodomy and step-by-step in -step how to get there. It was absolutely appalling. And this is directly because you've got legislated secrecy. It is illegal in Alberta for teachers and principals to inform parents about GSAs and GSA-related activities. So... Wow, eye-opening. Thank you for being a voice about this. Uh, so any other case, we could just stop the show right there, <laughs> just let people think about what we talked about, but uh, other cases, other provinces, other, other uh, vantage points? We're uh, awaiting a decision from a BC Human Rights Tribunal. Uh, there is a case in the BC provincial election. Uh, there was a NDP candidate was a transgender person, so a man who identifies as a woman, and uh, somebody handed out flyers saying, basically criticizing the transgender agenda and saying, well, this person's not a real woman, uh, will never be a real woman, he's actually just a guy who's pretending to be a woman. And based on the peacefully handing out flyers, uh, the individual was hauled before a human rights commission, and there was a hearing in December but we intervened, the Justice Center um, intervened to present to the tribunal the importance of free speech, especially during elections. You know, the, the whole transgender uh, is a big topic of debate. Debate can be a good tool for arriving at truth, right? Because sometimes you have a clash of ideas and different opinions, and it helps people to find truth when you have debate. But if you shut down debate by dragging people before human rights tribunals for saying the, the wrong things uh, about transgenderism, that's very unhealthy for democracy. So we intervened there in the uh, BC Human Rights Tribunal. We're, we're waiting for a decision on that case as well.
Okay, I think we got time for you to share about one more case, and then I, I have a very specific question to close out the show with. But what else are you working on? We were in Newfoundland, going to the other coast, okay. arguing for. Um, there's a marriage commissioner by the name of Desiree Ditchmond. Uh, she was a um, born in 1926. She was one of the very few female pilots during World War II, and she moved to Newfoundland. Uh, she was also ministered to uh, leper colonies in Africa. Late in life, she became a marriage commissioner, and the government stripped her of her license after the definition of marriage was changed because she couldn't, because of her uh, Christian beliefs, uh, could not solemnize same-sex unions. Mm -hmm. In spite of the fact that her uh, respecting her conscience rights would not prevent same-sex couples from getting their, their uh, wedding ceremonies solemnized. In spite of that, the government just stripped her of her license, made no effort to accommodate. Uh, she passed away, but the case is ongoing, and so we were in Newfoundland court to argue for conscience rights that governments can provide services to the public. Mm -hmm. uh, without trampling on the conscience rights of individual public servants. Mm -hmm. Now, unless I'm missing something, it seems that in pretty much every case that we talked about today, you have religious rights and sexual rights hitting head to head. Unfortunately. Yeah. It seems to be a repeat in different ways. So where do you see this going, John? Is there going to have to be a constitutional amendment at some point? It's properly understood. I mean, the free society, you have tolerance for different viewpoints. On all issues, right? Not just uh, on 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 free trade or economic issues, on immigration, but also on matters of sexuality. So, in a free society, you have different beliefs about uh, about gay marriage or about homosexuality, and about all these different topics. And the government in a free society is not supposed to step in and say, "Well, this is the correct view, and everybody has to adhere to it." And yet, that unfortunately is what we're getting. That's what we're. Uh, fighting against is that the government's coming in and forcing one perspective hmm. uh, on everybody, and that's just wrong in a free country. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so, ways that people can express their voice obviously, getting out to vote, speaking to their members of parliament, MLAs, and checking out your organization. So, we're just coming to a close here right now. Where can people find you, John? We're at www.jccf.ca. And we have a great newsletter. Uh, it's called Justice Update. We send it out only twice a month. But if you go to our, our website, www.jccf.ca, sign up for our newsletter. And then twice a month, you'll get an update on our court cases. Wow. So insightful. Thank you so much for being with us today, John. Thanks for having me on your show. And thank you for your work. Alberta parents, your child's school may be keeping secrets from you. Why? because provincial law and new school policies say they can. You think gender identity and sexual orientation are sex ed and parents can opt out. Wrong. These topics are now inclusive education and human rights and some teachers are encouraged to integrate these across the curriculum. No age restrictions. No parent consent or notification required. You think when my child is in distress, I'll be told. Wrong. If your child is upset or confused about their sexuality or gender, they may be provided private counseling from staff and peer support clubs. No parent consent or notification required. Do you want back into your children's lives in school? Parental consent is the key. 
speak up and demand that parents need to know. Children are being taught uh, an essentially social constructionist view of identity. I don't like the fact that it's being foisted on children far before they're able to make any reasonable decisions about this sort of thing. So, and you know, you also have to decide what's important to you. The people who are pushing these sorts of agendas are actually a bit, uh, quite a small minority. They're very noisy and they're very, very well organized. But if you don't stand up and do something about it, especially when it affects your own family, then all that's going to happen is that it's going to continue to spread. If your children are being educated in a manner that you don't approve of at school, your primary responsibility is to your children. Don't send them to the classes. Keep them at home and take the consequences. There's enough of you out there so that if you did that, that what, what's going to happen? I mean, if you don't stand your ground, then all that happens is people push you backwards. So if you want to be pushed backwards, then go along with it. So if you don't, then stop doing it. You, you may find that you have a lot more support than you think. So it's not education, in my estimation, it's a form of indoctrination. And if your children are being indoctrinated, then you should stop it. So, you know, you can't say that you'll go along with it unless you're also saying that you don't have, you don't put your children's well-being at the top of your priority list. So you've got to make your choices. That's, that's what I would say. So if you object to it, I don't believe that the, the government it's not proper for the government to intrude too thoroughly into the domain of the family. It's inappropriate. It's been tried before. It's a big mistake. And the reason for that is that nobody, there's lots of parents who aren't good for their children, but all things considered, there's nobody better for children than parents. And so the more power you take away from parents, the more damage you do children, because you think, well, there's some uncaring parents and there's some ignorant parents, but the degree to which children are harmed by them is not even comparable to the degree that they'll be harmed by, by you know, arm's length institutions that are hypothetically set up for their own good. So if you think you, as a parent that you have the ultimate responsibility, let's say, for the destiny of your children, then you should act in a manner that's concordant with that. Thank you for being with us today to talk about this important issue of freedom in Canada. We love Canada, and that's why we do these shows. Our goal with these programs is to cover important topics impacting our nation and provide practical tools on how we together can build a better Canada for the future. We can't do this alone. As a charitable ministry, we are 100% dependent on the generous donations of individuals like you who care about the future of our nation. So we want to invite you to consider signing up to partner on a monthly basis or give a special gift today. When you sign up to partner for $50 a month or more, you will receive a free One Dominion book written by the Bible League Canada about Canada's rich Christian heritage. Thanks for your consideration. Every gift and every amount makes a real difference. Call 552-613-552-5572 or visit faithteen.tv to join the team. God bless you and God bless Canada. You can save lives in just 15 minutes a week. Prayer is powerful. It reaches where hands and feet can't. It breaks chains. It opens eyes. It opens doors. It can set people free. 
Through the Justice Wall, you can be a part of a prayer chain interceding 24-7 for the ending of abortion, ending of human trafficking, and for the persecuted church. You can save lives through prayer. Only 15 minutes a week. Join the Justice Wall today. Find out more at justicewall.com.